Welcome to Asbury United Methodist Church. My name is Pastor Will. Thanks for joining our podcast. This is where you'll be able to find all of our sermons, as well as special devotionals and interviews. We hope these messages inspire hope and bring support as you grow on your journey of faith. If you have any questions, or if you want further conversation, or if you simply like what you hear, connect with Asbury through our Facebook page or by checking our website at asburymaitland.org. Well, good morning. How are we doing today? Good. Well, my name is Will Kenness. I get the pleasure of being one of the pastors here at Asbury. And as Pastor Chris mentioned earlier, we are launching community groups. And we thought it would be helpful to have a discussion about community groups, maybe answer a couple questions that you all might have about them, and just maybe some frequently asked questions as well. Um, we do want to say that, you know, as we figure this out, we appreciate your patience as we go through this and this opportunity for us to really grow here at Asbury. I'm joined today by... Teresa Cunningham. I'm one of the lay ministers here at Asbury. Yeah, yeah. Amen. Give it up for Teresa. <laughs> Uh, we are blessed to have Teresa in so many aspects of uh, the church here and just for this opportunity for her to help us with this and help lead and guide this. But in discussing this today, um, I had a summer that was very memorable a couple years ago. As you venture through seminary, one of the things they have you do is become a pastoral intern at different churches. And I served at a church in Indianapolis. It was called North United Methodist Church. And for me, it was so memorable because there are so many things I did for the very first time. Um, I got to go to an Indianapolis 500 party. Have you all ever been to like a race party? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and this isn't like, oh, this is just a chance for us to like get together because, you know, we like each other. This is we are going to this party because it's Indianapolis 500 weekend. Um, and like every other house had one of these parties going on. So that was a first for me. Um, I had a sandwich. I, I tried looking it up. It was co it's called like a tenderloin, but it's like, a, okay, I'm getting some, it's like this smashed uh, ham sandwich that's massive. Yes. It's like the size of your head. And I remember just sitting here as everybody stared at me like, do you like it? Um, as I'm, I'm eating this big old ham sandwich. Um, I'll never forget that. But another thing that I will never forget, and it's you know, fascinating, you know, we're talking about small groups today, was this one small group that I joined, and I, or attended maybe is the better way of saying it, and in doing so, I show up, we kind of just said hello, just made sure everybody knew each other's name, we lit a candle, we sat around said candle, we set a one-hour timer, and then that was it. And we just sat there in silence for one hour, just staring at this candle. Is anybody else squirming just at the thought of that, to sit there in silence? Yeah, I asked a lot of questions uh, about my life. Uh, why did I eat that for lunch? Um, that was probably not a good idea. A couple different things like that. Who here would go crazy? One hour of silence just like that, yeah. Who here would love that? Okay, a couple, yeah, you go. Um, I was a little in between. I took a couple naps during that, that time as well. Um, I hope I didn't snore, but yeah. But we talk about that because small groups in so many ways can be very formational to us if you've never been a part of them, or as we're calling them, community groups. Um, but sometimes they can be for the wrong reasons because things can maybe go south and they can be memorable, as I mentioned, for all the wrong reasons. And here's a gentleman uh, who kind of had some of those similar experiences. So check out this video and we're going to talk about it. 
Oh boy, here we go. Why am I even trying this small group thing again? The other times at those other churches have been interesting. There was that one time when crazy you'll get used to it so what Jesus is trying to remind us of right now is that we don't want to show off our faith that we are looking to live out our faith dude hi buddy can you get down <laughs> There was also that time when... <clears throat> Good tidings, and welcome to small group. Today, we'll be taking an exam because I'm going to test your biblical knowledge. Now, remember, God loves all his children, but if you do not pass the test, you will be expelled. Huh. And who could forget about Is this the right place? Yes. What sins have you committed this week? Also, what's your name? I'm BJ. Hi, BJ. Please don't let this be weird. Welcome to Small Group. Let me introduce you to everybody. Come on in. This was fantastic. I don't know what I was so afraid of. Listen, I'm glad you were here. Everyone belongs here. We'll see you next week, BJ. Any experiences like that? You don't have to raise your hand, yeah. Okay, oh, okay, yeah. Okay, yeah, we have, we have some of those. And we hope that these community groups, as we mentioned, are a source of inspiration um, and are just life-giving to you all. You know, uh, the psalmist says this in Psalm 133.1. It says, how wonderful and pleasant it is when brothers and sisters live together in harmony. And we think that community groups, this coming together, this living life together is just best lived out in that way. So we hope you'll prayerfully join a group, pray about it, join a group, consider it, whatever it may be. Um, and as again, we're going to mention a couple questions that might be coming up, that might be processing through your mind right now, and hopefully we can answer those questions for you. So Teresa is going to take it away with our first question. Um. Actually, I have one question. Did you ever go back to the silent group? I, no, I did not, no. <laughs> one, one was good enough for me. I did enough reflection for my whole summer right there. <laughs> All right. 
I'm going to talk about I'm too busy. I think most of us feel the pressure of this fast-paced world that we live in. And it seems like there's so much demanded of each of us each day that there's just not enough hours. I mean, I'm retired and I can't make ends meet. I go to bed with my list not even halfway done. So I can understand why people might not want one more place I have to be yeah. or one more time. But at the same time, I want to grow closer to my Lord. I want a closer walk. I don't think there are any of us. Is there anyone here who thinks they are walking as close to the Lord as they need to until they meet him in the sky? And, and the other thing that I've found is the closer I get, the closer I want to be. Yeah. It's like I just can't get close enough. And Jesus gave us the answer to that when he told us about the two most important commandments in Mark 12. He said, first, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your might. And the second is likened to it, to love your neighbor as yourself. You know, it's in community groups that we learn not only how to love our neighbor, but we learn how to be loved. Yeah. Sometimes we need to learn how to be loved. It's an experience that is just so vital. You know, when you feel a need for something and something's important to you, somehow you always manage to make time for it. No matter how busy I was, when my children wanted my attention, especially even today that they're grown, I'm hungry for it and I make time for it. And my question is, how important is following Jesus and growing in his love to you? Yeah, you, you mentioned not only giving love, but um, even some transparency on my part. It's probably more difficult for me to receive love and, and learning that in the community of trusted individuals has been life-changing for me. Another question you mentioned kind of goes along with the thought of I'm too busy um, is I can make time to meet but not for homework. Sometimes these groups um, they meet and you know we've maybe been a part of a group where it did have a pretty long list of work that needed to be done upcoming. I've even heard about some groups that said, if you don't do the reading, just don't come, um, which I know can be um, definitely a, a tough barrier of entry. Well, our hope is that as one of the pastors here, joined with Pastor Chris and whoever might be preaching with us, um, they will have discussion questions ready to go. And so all of you who are hearing me talk, who's hearing me talk right now? You're doing it. You're doing the homework. That's awesome. Um, that's going to be the homework, and there might be a couple questions that might be ready to go, and so when these groups meet, you'll just have a couple of these questions, and you might not even get to all the questions, just because something might come up that really kind of directs the group, and that might be the main topic of conversation. 
Now, what we don't want to do is we don't want to dictate that. So there might be a group that meets, and for a couple months, they may say, hey, this is great talking about the sermons, but we'd like to focus on this. And so the leaders and the facilitators and you all as groups will have the autonomy to do what you wish. Um, we'll give guidance as pastors, um, you know, suggestions, whatever it may be, but you all will have the option to choose whatever it is you would like to study. But um, another question that has come up as well, and this was even alluded to as well, is I'm afraid I'll be lost or overshadowed in the group. And we talked about this, this number of 12. Uh, we talked to other churches, we talked to people, and we feel like this is a good number because when it starts getting larger than that, it is easy to maybe just get lost in the mix a little bit. So we hope to keep that intimacy there by keeping the groups smaller, just so that everybody has the opportunity, and not that you'll be forced to do so, but everybody will have the opportunity to be a vital and important part of the group. Um, another concern is that I'm shy and take a while to warm up to people. Now, I know most of you out there are gonna find this really hard to believe, but basically I am a shy person. It takes a lot of courage for me to open up a conversation. But once you crack the door, look out. In fact, I can bet about half of you out there wished you had never cracked the door. But you know, I think a lot of us are that way. I know I'm afraid of being judged. I've been judged for my faith and it wasn't fun. We don't like labels. We don't like to be dismissed as if our opinion or our thoughts don't count. And most of all, I don't want to come across as a know-it-all. And I think sometimes I do, uh, especially when I meet someone that I think is a know-it-all and I get away from them and look in the mirror and it's not their face I'm looking at, it's mine. And that's how small groups support each other. The other thing is I don't like long periods of silence. In fact, that is so obvious that when I am silent, my small group takes concern. Because sometimes I do escape into myself. Sometimes I've left a group and I've been such a part of the conversation and I get home and I feel like, gee, I really manipulated everything. I could have listened a little more and talked a little less. So the next time I go back, I bet I am not going to talk. I'm going to keep my mouth shut. And then I stick out like a sore thumb because I'm sitting there <laughs> nursing myself in my silence. And my group gives me the space to do that, but then they gently kind of knock on the door, nudge me to open up and to share what's bothering me, but they never force me to. You know, in a crowd, the shy can easily get lost. But in a small group, their shyness stands out and they're loved and supported and cared for. And they're allowed to move at their own pace. If they are truly shy and it hurts too bad, we're just there to be a part. Yeah, you mentioned um, the fact of you know, I think sometimes the shyness comes from maybe a fear of being judged, which is another concern that I know we've had people voice, is that I'm afraid of being judged for voicing 
my beliefs. We hope that as you enter into these groups, these are safe spaces to where you can work out maybe some questions you have, some doubts you have. Um, I remember preaching a couple weeks back and somebody uh, eloquently kind of took the idea I was saying um, and wrapped it up real nice just saying that doubt is sometimes the breeding ground um, in the soil in which faith grows out of. And I think about those times in my life where I came to trust in individuals, in my community groups, that I was able to work this faith out, work these questions, work this doubt out. So we have encouraged facilitators to welcome those questions. And when they do voice those questions, that just means that they feel comfortable. And that's an opportunity to be celebrated. I think about the verse um, in Luke 5, Jesus is speaking. And he says, healthy people don't need a doctor, sick people do. I remember that being a changing point and a turning point in my own faith, thinking about, gosh, I got to get my life together before I go to church. I, I got to get, you know, things figured out before I approach Jesus with, you know, my doubts and my worries. And it's like, no, 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 I need to go to Jesus with that stuff so that he can help me work that out. It's with that relationship where this stuff gets worked out. But then on the flip side of that brings up the question of accountability. Is there going to be any accountability? Of course, we don't want this to just be a free-for-all. We want this to be a place where there is, you know, some discussion. But we also think that correction and guidance is going to be helpful. Paul, when he's writing to the church in Galatia, uh, this is the sixth chapter, he says this, Brothers and sisters, if someone is caught in a sin, you who live by the Spirit should restore that person. How? Gently. But watch yourselves, or you may also be tempted. Carry each other's burdens, and in this way you will fulfill the law of Christ. You know, if something comes up where it looks like maybe someone is hurting themselves through actions or whatever it may be, or potentially somebody else, or there's potential for that to happen, it looks like maybe they're thinking about these things. You know, we hope that there is a little bit of correction and guidance that takes place there. But then also this accountability looks like, hey, we haven't seen you in a couple weeks. Is everything okay? You have been kind of quiet, you know, just checking in, seeing how things are going with your life. So we hope that this is a space, yes, to bring your questions, your thoughts, even your doubts. Uh, but this is also a safe space where some gentle correction and guidance is given. You know, talking about accountability made me think, you know, um, when I'm at home and not expecting any company or no one's coming over, I kind of let things pile up on the, the table. Um, I do make my bed, but <laughs> there are other things that might run a little slack. But, you know, the time that we had a leadership group at my house, you better believe I made sure that the bathrooms were clean, that the towels were fresh and out, and the house was spiffy sick. Um, it's good to have a little accountability. And most of you know that I was a nurse anesthetist for 44 years. This one particular day, as I'm preparing to um, the anesthetic or to judge for my patient, I looked on the admission sheet, which was not my usual thing to do, and under religious choices was written none. I've seen it left blank, but I don't think I'd ever seen many times that none was written. 
This particular procedure was one that carried a very high mortality to the point that, and a lot of the risk was post-op, so the patient was kept sedated until they were out of risk. And I'm the last person this patient is gonna see before they're anesthetized. And they don't know Jesus. I look up, and rightfully so, the family is totally encircling the patient in the bed. And this is private time. This is special time. I have no right to intrude on that time. But the weight of the fact that she may meet her maker and not know who he is won't leave me. And if I do intrude, I could very well lose my job. Not only that job, but any hope of a future job in a hospital setting, because that just is not done by anyone. Family relationships are special. So what do I do? The only thing I knew to do, I called my small group. I said, I need prayer, and I need it now. I need prayer for guidance and opportunity. And I hung up the phone. And the next thing I know, we're moving down the hallway to the OR proper. The patient is ready to go to sleep. And as my custom, I lean down to whisper words of comfort in her ear. But when I lean down, the promise that the Holy Spirit made in the Bible became very real because I can't tell you the exact words that came out of my mouth, but I know they were given by the Holy Spirit. She shook her head yes. Her eyes had the biggest thank you I've ever seen as she went off to sleep. That's what a small group, a community group does. They support you when you're caught in the depths of problems and questions and don't know where to go. They're there to take the time and lift you up. Yeah, I think about how many times my group did the same. And a lot of you may know just the story of my father and the sickness and multiple rounds of cancer that occurred. And it was my small group. And it was my parents' small group as well that helped us through those difficult times. And you even talked about this, and this kind of lead into another question, but just this idea, you know, faith is a journey, um, and the Bible is a huge, huge part about that. And knowing the Bible is important for all of us, but we might not all be in the same place of knowing the Bible. And so that was actually another kind of thought that came up as, you know, I barely know the Bible, or I'm new to the faith. What better place for you than a community group? You know, it's always bothered me when people answer an altar call and then walk out and go back home. They're more vulnerable than anyone else. They need a support group. And on the other hand, those of us who know what it is to follow Jesus and to try to live out his word in this world, we benefit from the fresh eyes of a new believer that's reading that scripture for the first time. So we mentor each other. We all stumble though from time to time, but no group is an island. And when we stumble, when we have questions, we have our pastors. And if they don't have the answers, they have resources that they can go to. We are never alone, but we have the comfort of the group that anything we say or feel is kept within that group. We can be honest 
with those around us. And community groups also hold us up when our strength is gone. Now, if you know anything about me, you know I rarely do anything in a small way. Ever since I was a young child, I had always been enthralled with mission work. I thought Lottie Moon hung the moon. Um, so when I got the chance to go on a mission trip from my town in, in Albany, Georgia, I jumped at it. This little girl had never been out of the southeast before. And I'm on a two-and-a-half-week trip to India to give anesthesia as well as to witness. Um, I had to work overtime before I left to cover my call, so I'm already tired before we leave. When we got there, we worked from sunup to sundown doing surgeries. After that, a quick meal, and we would visit polio homes. There was more than one. Polio was still rampant in the 80s in India. We would visit leprosariums, diseases that I had only read about in history books, didn't know still existed. We were always invited to speak at churches and other community groups. Everybody wanted to, to see the American doctors and their team. My fatigue got so bad that I just finally said, just tell me what time I have to meet the bus and where I get on, and I'll be there. I couldn't think any further than that. Fast forward to coming home. We are back in Albany. The plane is landing at the airport. I look out the window. I can hardly hold my eyes open. And there's a multitude of people at the gate. This was before the days of gate security. The whole town, it seemed, had turned out. And the media was there. And I'm thinking, how do I get past all this? The first person that I saw, thankfully, was not someone with a microphone in their hand, because there's no telling what I would have said. But the first person I saw was a really good friend of mine. And he just wanted to welcome me home and congratulate me and maybe hear a little bit about the trip. And I looked at him and I said, please, just get me to Sam, which he did. And Sam got me home. When I walked into my den in my house, I was so exhausted. I've never known that kind of exhaustion before and hopefully won't for many years in the future but I could barely put one foot in front of the other, and I was hit with the most palpable love that I've ever experienced. It was equal to the love that I felt at my baptism when I came up out of the water. It was an acceptance like I've never known at another time. And the beauty of it was there was not one soul in that room. It was filled with banners, there were flowers, there were um, uh, balloons, but no one was there. All I had to do was just stand there and feel the love and feel the acceptance. No one had to tell me my small group had been there that afternoon preparing for my arrival. That's what small groups do. They lift us up when we don't have the energy to pick ourselves up at all. They support us when we have questions. And 
they are happy for us to be able to do the same for them. Yeah, it's that strength to lean on one another and to trust one another. Well, we hope we answered a lot of your questions regarding small groups, maybe cleared up any of the doubt, but there's one final question in which we'd hope to discuss. It's this one. I or we really want to join a group, but kids, amen? Kids are a blessing, uh, but they certainly make life more interesting in many ways. Um, a lot of you may know that I lead morning prayer. It's on our morning Facebook group. I do so a couple times a week at 8.30 a.m. What you may not see is the frantic state that I'm often in trying to get my kids to daycare. Um, Liam, my three-year-old, doesn't often tell me that he wants different colored socks uh, before leaving the house. He tells me this once we get to the daycare, in which I don't have. Um, but being a parent, just, you know, I think you realize that, you know, you're kind of just making sure they get everything they need, they are taken care of, which is why we polled parents, uh, we talked to Laura, our children's director, and her team, uh, and we designated that Sunday night seems to be the best night to offer childcare. So we're going to do that. Pastor Chris and his wife uh, have volunteered to lead a group on Sunday evening for young families if they're in the need for child care. And so um, if you're someone who has that need, we're hoping that you kind of look to that group. Now, does that mean you can't join another group? No, that just means that child care will kind of be somewhat on your own at that point. But if you are in need, Sunday night in that group is the best place for you all. So we're hoping to kind of prioritize that for families. But as we do so, we just want to remind you all that, you know, as we figure this out, um, we're thankful for your patience as we go through this. Um, we are looking to hope uh, to launch these groups, but then do so more groups as we figure a couple things out as we go. Um, if you're already in a group, we hope that you maybe, you know, got a refreshing today or something, and maybe this could be something you join in your group, but we would just say stay the course, uh, continue meeting. Um, you know, if y'all have that community and you're meeting and have those relationships. If you're joining us online, we do have an online-only group that will be meeting 100% online. Um, and maybe even if you're just meeting today, uh, you're joining us online today, we would encourage you to go to a website, click on the discipleship tab, and you'll see community groups there, and that will give you an opportunity to do so signing up online. Okay, as we're closing, I um, have been counseling my granddaughter who's dealing with a few life disappointments, and I was pointing out to her that you can't make lemonade without lemons. And life might be handing her lemons right now, but she has the opportunity to make lemonade. And then as we were putting all of this together, the thought came to me, community groups are that ingredient that we need to make lemonades. I don't know anyone here who hasn't been dealt lemons, some more than their share, but community groups have what it takes to turn that sour lemon into some of the most delicious, sweet lemonade you've ever had. In the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, let us pray. Father God, you created us for community. You are community, and we are created in your likeness. As we reopen the door on this venture, 
We have small groups, we have life groups, and they are functioning, but we need more. We need to be a part of your community in the fellowship that you intended. It's vital for us as individuals, and it's vital for your church to survive. So we ask for your guidance and the patience around us as we search through this mode of being able to ignite again that flame. In Christ's name we pray. Amen.